0: I think the the most important thing about about seasons might be just that contentment, right? Going, I am here. I may not want to live here permanently for the rest of my life, but I am here right now and I've got to make the season count.
1: It's winter here in South Africa, and wherever you look, you'll see boots, beanies, jackets and scarves. Wherever you go, you get the delicious aroma of warm soups and hot chocolate dancing around your nose. You can feel it, you can see it, hear it, and smell it. Winter is here. Welcome to Hungry Woman at Work, the podcast for the woman who wants to thrive at work without losing her soul. I'm Nevillea Malloy and I'm so glad you're joining us on episode 14. Now some of us may love winter, but for many of us it's not an easy season. It takes longer to get out of bed in the morning. The work day just seems to require a lot more energy. And going out to socialize, especially at night, takes a lot of convincing. Everything around us suggests that a slowing down is needed, a moment to reflect, to rest, and regain strength. But living in the busy zone, as we do in our fast paced society, we can sometimes miss the point of the season completely. Today's guest is a woman who believes in the importance of understanding the season you're in and adjusting your schedule, your activity. Your expectations accordingly. Rumbit Chisenga is a consultant in the international development space. Her work revolves around strengthening governance institutions. So she's our first guest who's actively going to talk politics to us. She's also the founder of a social enterprise and believes you can get ahead without competing. And she shares how. If you're feeling a lot more exhausted than usual, if you wish you could go into hibernation and come out of hiding again in summer, or if you feel like you're missing the cues of the season you're in right now, please keep listening. And as you listen, I really encourage you to think intently about the season you are in. So, go grab yourself a nice warm cuppa and let's step out of the fast lane for a few minutes. And take a moment to stop and smell the season.
2: Rumbiza Chisenga, thank you for joining us today at Hungry Women at Work. Thank you for having me. So you are an independent consultant in the international development space, and right. your work revolves around strengthening governance institutions, um, and you develop programs, and you develop leaders. Right. And then you're also an advisory board member on an NGO that mobilizes young people around climate change. Yeah. But bigger than all of that, you're just really passionate about Africa and Afrocentric solutions. Yes. And you want to get, nicely. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to get young people and women to participate in governance. Yeah. So let's start there. What What does your role look like on a day to day? Is there such a thing as a day to day?
0: There is such a thing as a day to day. So I pretty much work on a project basis right now. So I am committed um, right now on a project uh, for about a year. So, you could consider that like a like a full time um project that I'm working on right now okay um but other than that, it depends on whether I'm fully committed to a project or not, so if I'm not fully committed, I take on other work and I basically make my my hours count for me
2: okay yeah and and so what when you're setting up programs and you're mobilizing people to get involved in governance? What does that look like for the average person? And and what does it look like for women in
0: governance today? Right. So on the program side, I, I worked more formally with a, a Pan-African think tank. I was permanently employed there um, and I worked as a program manager and uh, we developed programs that Basically, we're trying to get Africans to be engaged, to take responsibility for the continent. Hmm. And one of those programs focused on trying to get more young people to participate um, in in the governance arena. Um, On the women's side... I have just sort of embraced this whole, like, championing uh, for women's participation, actually. Uh, so Good. I, yeah, it took me a while to come around because I I I grew up with three brothers. I grew up with three boys. <laughs> wow. I'm the only girl in my family. And I just So didn't... you've been championing for women since you were young, anyway. <laughs> what? I, I don't know if I yeah. did it consciously or if I did it at all. I just grew up with a sense that, you know, I was just another person and that my voice counted and that my ambitions mattered and then I could be anything I wanted. So I never really understood some of the issues that women grappled with. Uh, for wow. me, it felt in some ways like just do what you need to do. Uh, let's not spend so much time talking about about issues. Hmm. But over time I've come to understand and appreciate uh, sort of the structural um, Barriers that women have to go through to, I suppose, to get ahead or just even to make a living. Yes, and yes. that's sort of how I've ended up in this space. Like it's it's a it's more like a recent development if I can call it that. That I've I've also gone well. I recognize how youth need assistance, but I've also recently gone well. I think women also need. <laughs> need a champion um, yes. and so I have just recently stepped into the work of um, championing for women to be engaged and um, yeah to take up the space that's available for them. That's
2: such an interesting point that you're raising because I think we just assume that you know having grown up on the continent. Um, that the story is similar for yeah. women and young people. Um, but I want, to, I want to go to, I want to speak about young people a little, a little bit. Um, we are in a climate where young people especially are increasingly suspicious of political leaders and right. don't want to be involved in the politics of the day. So yeah. your role cannot be an easy one. How do you sell participation in governance to young people who are disenchanted with political leaders?
0: So I would say that they are one side of a camp. Um, There's another side of, you know, young people who are actually engaged, young people who are like, well... We are the future, and the future is now, and we want to be involved, we want to sit at the table, we want to create our own tables even mm, Right. <laughs> um, so those are easier to work with uh because they they kind of get the the importance already, and sometimes they're just looking for support um and 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 leverage and then the the others who are disengaged um I actually would say that. For me, it it helps to have like peer to peer conversations, so where we talk about like the future we want to see for our children, and if we're not engaged in that, in creating that future, what will change? Sure. Do we all I send our kids to you know, <laughs> <laughs> other countries? <laughs> yeah. I don't know.
2: First plane <laughs> the, out of here.
0: Yeah, the countries that don't really want us. You know, sometimes <laughs> um, where they might not even have a better life actually than being here. Um so, I, I mean, for me, it helps to just have honest conversations about the future we want to see, the future we want to create, the guarantees we don't have um, in our jobs if we don't actually pay attention to politics, because it can mm. upend anything at any time. It's just that one area of society that can literally change Anything. It can change the things that we hold on to. It can change our sense of stability. It can change our sense of peace. It can change our sense of, even our sense of worth. So, uh, for me, it's it really starts with just having honest conversations about what do we what do we want to see in the future, and um, the African Union has sort of coined this phrase around the Africa we want to see, mm. uh, and for me, it's it's that conversation about what Africa do you not only want to see, what Africa do you want to live in. And if you don't get into politics or if you're not interested or contributing or participating at some level, which doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be in government or actively involved in, in politics, how do you expect things to change? Can I just say that
2: is probably one of the best pictures that I've ever heard. Even me, I'm, I'm no longer considered youth, but now I wish that me I was too, young actually. again. <laughs> I wish I were young again and could actively participate in the Africa that I want to see and want to live in. So before before this interview, I asked you um, if you were a TEDx or TED speaker, which I'm pretty sure is heading your way soon. Which Uh, topics you'd feel comfortable speaking about. And one of the first ones you mentioned (laughs) was about seasons and embracing change. Right. And that's a big one for, I think, anybody, um, but for women especially, because we we physically and physiologically go through (laughs) many different seasons in our lives. Yeah. But tell us a bit more about... So I'm 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 in the the audience at TED. Tell me, <laughs> tell me about Ruby's success formula to embracing change and and dealing with the seasons of life.
0: Well, I, I don't know if I would call it a success formula <laughs> necessarily, but I I have figured out over the years that it helps to understand that you know the world. Uh, like your life doesn't have to be constant and it, it won't be even if you don't want it to be, that it changes and and that sometimes it doesn't help to just try and, and get back to the way things were, you know, like to stay in that place all the time or to resist the change. Sometimes it actually just helps to go, okay. I'm in a different season now. It requires something different of me. It requires a different appreciation. It di- requires a different outlook. It may even require different effort. Um, but I think it just it helps one to embrace that. To embrace that life is cyclical. It's not. It's not just like static and Absolutely. things aren't meant to always be great or always be wrong. Or you know. I
2: I, I know you've got more to say, but I think just that just things aren't meant to always be great. Because yep. if, you, if you juxtapose that with the overwhelming narrative of, I just want to be happy. Mm. I just want my life to work. Yeah. I just want to wake up and everything's okay. Mm. How do we put those? Because I, I, in, in my work with especially mentoring young women, there's a lot of disappointment that comes along the way because you yeah. thought life was supposed to look like something. Yeah. You were told growing up, you could be whatever you wanted to be. Yes. Um, and, and then if you were fortunate, you were able to go to varsity and then yep. maybe the first shock came. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you couldn't even get through that door because of finances or other harsh realities of life. Yeah. So how do, we, how do we put those up against each other? Um, that mm. life is one season to the next and not all seasons are the happiest seasons of yeah. our lives.
0: Yeah, so one of the biggest things that I think we, we do wrong and people talk very often about this is comparing ourselves with everyone else right? so we are looking at our peers and we're looking at our role models and and everybody else on social
2: media yeah, and and the
0: celebs and anybody else we can like (laughs) identify with in some way or form we go okay well when they were at this age they had already done this and yes these people are you know my age and they've already done that and
2: I'm feeling so sorry for every 15 year old tennis player in the (laughs) world right now because when I read Coco's story I was just like oh shit this is (laughs) this is gonna be a tough one by 17 I'm a failure because I haven't won a title yet
0: so I mean, success stories are really great to kind of raise standards and to raise our aspirations and to you know give us the things that we can look up to, look forward to. Yes. But I, I think that then you need to take your your own situation into context and go, what am I, what's happening in my life right now? Am I in a season of just learning? So if you're just starting out your career, um, you know, yeah, you'll wanna be the CEO or the boss, but <laughs> you have a whole lot to learn. You have lots of skills to learn and I've been there. I've been, you know, three years into a career, and already I'm like, I think I know all the <laughs> <it to> learn. <laughs> and
2: then you well, spend a little bit more here. time there, and you're
0: like, yeah, actually, I didn't know. <laughs> sure. I, I could have learned a bit more. Um, so I think the the most important thing about about seasons might be just that contentment, right? Going, I am here. Big word. I may not want to live here permanently for the rest of my life, but I am here right now and I've got to make the season count. So what do I need to get out of it? You know, it can't just be money. It can't just be a title. It can't just be advancement. I need to refine my skill. I need to master it. Uh, And I need to master it to an extent that I'm not the only person who says I have mastered the skill. Good. Very good. (laughs) (laughs) I need to master it to the extent that other people around me and even people who are not in this field recognize that there's actually something about this, you know, person that about the way they do this thing. um, That's exceptional. Um, I need not only master a skill, I need to master my own character. Um, how am I doing in relation to challenges? So mm. Um, mm. I, I think that, you know, one of the myths about anger and like protest is that it's passion, right? Like we tend to equate the two. We yes. go, hey, if you're, if you're really angry about something, you're passionate. Yes, that's true, but you don't live in a perpetual state of anger and you, you can't leave it. You can't actually bring about change or effective change or sustainable change just from a place of anger. Mm. Um, And so in some ways you're in situations that are just provoking you every single day. You're like, you wake up to go, you go to work, you come back home angry. (laughs) Um, But how do you in that season learn to master how you manage anger or how you manage the triggers that push you towards anger? Um, How do you manage a low self-esteem? Like, how you see yourself in comparison to others or how you see yourself in comparison to you tasks at hand, um, how you see yourself, um, in, in comparison to your vision. Um, Beautiful. you know, it, there, there are seasons I where you are just, you know, being prodded. You just, you know, something happens and you imme- you immediately shrink back or, uh, you know, you hold back or you, you know, it's a season, yes, but you've yes. got to be paying attention to go, what am I, how am I supposed to respond? What do I do with the season? So that what I get out of it is not just I existed during this time or I survived through this. So survival is also great. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> sometimes a season, it's the yeah, strategy. Sometimes <laughs> that it's the season is just to focus on survival. But uh, I feel like for a whole lot of us, we are way more, privileged um to just focus on survival um hmm. that we should be focusing hmm. on on higher goals so what do i get out of the season um and if you if you think about it i think what what really um kind of kicks us off or just puts us off kilter, is the fact that we don't see the seasons coming. <laughs>
2: true. So true. With, if, if, with, I, if I got the heads up or the yeah, warning, yeah.
0: You'd then. get ready, right? <laughs> like, so, you know, when winter is coming, we go and buy coats, yeah. we yeah. stock up on gas, you know, jackets, <laughs> that kind of a thing. Yes, uh, summer okay, is so. coming, we clear things, we pack things, yes. we do spring cleaning. Um, so it, with natural cycles, we can see the seasons coming. And but prepare for it. We prepare but, yeah. for them. But I think when it comes more to life and sort of the, like the emotional cycles, we, we don't really see them coming and we get thrown off. Mm. But I have actually, I think that if we pay attention as we, you know, learn to be more in touch with ourselves, we will be able to predict the seasons.
2: Something else you also are quite passionate about is about how to compete um, how to get ahead without competing? Right. Yeah. Tell us more about that.
0: So I I I started off uh, my kind of working life as a management consultant. So I'm very familiar with competition, <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, I have over the years so come to appreciate the the fact that I am unique. Um, I am set apart and that I don't necessarily need to compete or put other people down to prove myself or, you know, to get ahead. Um it has, it has developed over time, that, that insight and that appreciation, I must say. Like, initially, it was just survival. Man. It was just like, this is the Hunger Games. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if I don't, yeah,
0: If I don't eat, I'll be, I'll be eaten. But, um, but in some ways, I really find, like, wisdom in the book of Daniel from the Bible, right? And um, how even if the world does pit us up against other people, we don't have to compete at their terms. Come on. So that's that's where sort of I draw wisdom on, you know, like how do you stand in your own truth um, and how do you stand in what you have to offer um, and how do you in some ways change the rules of a set game Um, So that you can deliver on the values that are true to you. Um, And when I look at the story of Daniel, I I see men who were just thrown into a competition that they didn't volunteer for. And a lot of us like that at work. You know, you you leave home with good intentions, (laughs) you get get to work and suddenly they're like, well, we're going to choose four out of a hundred of you. So good luck. <laughs> um, and then suddenly you're just like, what? What, what? I, Do I have to, you know, how do I, how do I get ahead? Yes. How do I prove myself? Um, and you want to play nice. You want to be honorable, but some people are playing dirty games. Yep. Yep. Um, and so sometimes you just, you find yourself in these situations where you're like, I didn't create this. I didn't want this. Mm-hmm. I don't even like competitions. Yes.
2: <laughs> but, here uh, I am. but
0: here I am. Uh, and so I, I derive a whole lot of wisdom from just, kind of learning and rereading and meditating again and again on how um, Daniel and his friends basically stood in their values, uh, obeyed God, and they were still in the competition and they won it. And they won it. By a landslide, not even by a small margin. Um, And so I I have seen evidence of this in, in different settings and even like seeking opportunities where, you know, I'm being considered amongst a whole number of other people. And I just go in and I say, this is, this is me. This is what I do really, really well. Um And this is what I can offer. And people are like, well, okay, okay. She, she seems really great. I mean, she's not... She's not really what we were thinking of in terms <laughs> of the ideal, but she seems really great. Let's she, go with her. She's
2: got her thing,
0: um, that authenticity
2: that makes her. Yeah,
0: so, so I think it, it does really help to, uh, I, I think, take the time and decide when a competition, when you feel like you're being thrown into a con- competition, take the time and go like, you know, what, what do I want to get out of this? Do I just want to get... Uh, the prize at the end? Do I just want to get the recognition? Do I just want to prove that I'm actually capable? And are there different strategies I can employ? Uh, because none of those are wrong. You know, wanting to prove that you're capable, wanting to get the prize, wanting to win yeah. is not wrong. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but do I do I want to step over other people while doing that? Do I mm. want to ruin reputations? Do I want to compromise to an extent that I can't really live with myself? Um, do I want to change my values? Hmm. Um, so it's worth just taking a step back and reflecting. And these things always happen, you know, with very little time. So there's always this time pressure. Like, I can't think, I can't take the time. I can't take, that's what it feels yeah, like in the moment. Yeah. But actually taking the time to step back is really, really important. I, um, in 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 my journey, so from like leaving work to starting a social enterprise, I I took a month off in between at some point because I realized that I had been thinking about this idea and I've been talking to people and I've been working on it amongst other things. So while everything else is is happening, I am also thinking about the fact that I am unsatisfied and unhappy at work and I need to be doing something different, but I'm not really giving it the time that it needs. Mm. And I took a, a mm. month off at some point when it became like a, you know, like a burden, like, uh, and it, you know, I was in that season of sure. unhappiness. Yeah. But I was like, I, I can't just be like, I'm unhappy. I need to find the next thing to make me happy. Yes. I need to reflect on why I'm unhappy and what I need to do. So I took a, a month off. I stayed at home, didn't go on holiday, didn't go to wow. some fancy place or nothing, stayed at home. And in that whole month, I just thought and prayed and talked to people about what I was thinking of doing. Wow. Um, and when I came out of it, I was ready to live. I went back to week, to work, I think, for or a week or two at most to do a handover. It was just that clear sure. <laughs> that this is what I need to do. But Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It just, like, taking the time off sometimes helps. And I'm not saying you always have a month. (laughs) Usually when there's a a competition, you know, you you can't have a month to to be thinking through things. But it's just important to have the practice where you set aside time to think through things properly um, and to consult if you need to consult. Um, Hmm. But, yeah, just, you know, being in this game of, like, we're moving, we're moving. It's a competition. I just need to keep moving. Uh, you make so many compromises when you get to the end, even the prize is not even worth it. You're just sure. like Well, okay, fine. I I won but Yeah, I'm not even happy. I don't have friends anymore, my peers don't respect me, my you know, you are just like, Yeah, it wasn't worth it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: There's so much wisdom in what you've said there. And I mean, uh, a consistent thing that's coming up is this taking the time taking the moment to reflect, taking a chance to listen. And I wanna, as, as we segue to the last section, um, I've had a few listeners um, and young women that I've encountered who've asked, cause usually I have a listener question at the end, but I actually, I want to I pose the listener question to you. And I think you're well-placed for it. Um, it's around, it, the question typically goes something like this. I'm an introvert. And I feel like my voice always gets lost. Right. Um, And I feel like even though I've got great ideas, I don't know how to bring them across or nobody ever notices me. In some of the contexts, it's usually coupled with, I'm not an English-first language speaker. Mm. And so my introversion, like in a room where there's a whole lot of English speakers, I feel like, whoa, I don't even know what to say. Yeah. So I I want to, I'm going to throw the question at you, but I want to lead into it with um, a quote from yourself, which I think is just so perfect for this. You are a woman of great faith in God and... Something that you, a quote that you own proudly is, I'm young, female, <laughs> single, introverted, and I'm enough. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So from, from that place, I want you to speak to that. Well, I mean, she may or not be single. Um, yeah. She may or not be young. She's definitely female. Yeah. And she's introverted. Yeah. Um, and she doesn't always feel like she's enough. Yeah. What do you say to her?
0: So I mean first things first for me my sense of worth and like affirmation or validation or even significance comes from God so I I believe in God um and uh, it just like my my sense of being comes from from knowing that he loves me knowing that he created wow. me intentionally purposefully that everything that I am Um, that he made was very intentional and it's very useful for the world that I was born into like Mm. even the time that I was born into Mm. Um, so there's something about my personality and wiring and passion that's needed in the world right now in 2019 like I wasn't born in the 1800s or the 1600s (laughs) and so my being here in this time is very purposeful Um, Mm. and so I I know that, and I sometimes have to be reminded <laughs> of that. <laughs> like but, we all do. Yeah, but yeah. I have that that grounding. I have that base. Um, but I, I haven't always felt secure. I must be honest. I I'm, I'm, i haven't always felt secure in, you know, my, my wiring, my personality type. Yeah. It always felt yeah. like I needed to all, like, be more. Like I needed
2: to be more out that. there.
0: Like the bigger personalities get more attention. They and really they do. Like... They're so loud. <laughs> <laughs> um But I have learned over the years that I'm actually more effective when I'm really true to myself um, and that I don't spend as much energy trying to be someone else, which robs energy out of the things that I'm actually supposed to be doing, the work and the passion.
2: Come on. Um, Come on. So
0: I've made, in a sense, like a commitment to myself to try and, you know, as much as possible, be true to myself. That said, there really are just some skills that people can develop despite your personality, Mm. right? So communication is communication. (laughs) It's not a, I'm introverted, so... I can't communicate. God, you know, wired me such a way that I shouldn't communicate. It's not not at all like that. So there are skills that we can develop, we can work on. And I I think that sometimes it's really good not to conflate the two this is my personality and my hardwiring, and <laughs> <this> <laughs> and is use it as an excuse to exactly. not. Exactly, yeah. And this is something that can be worked on or hmm. developed. Um, it doesn't mean that you necessarily have to be, you know, the expert in that skill. Uh, sometimes you're not, you know, you don't lend yourself to being an expert in that skill, but you can definitely improve. Um, hmm. And so I think it's worthwhile to go. Okay, what do I? I'm, I'm in this role, and I'm required to perform certain tasks some of them don't come naturally to me. Uh, what do I do really, really well? Where can I get help? Um, and that help might either be developing yourself or getting someone else to partner with you that does that right. job really, really right. well. Um, but I think that when it comes to uh, like a voice, like saying what you're thinking and being present in a room and um, just kind of you know, owning space, I think that that just comes from a sense of of worth a sense of you know self esteem a sense of I I I need to be here I I deserve to be here if you could put it that way yeah I am enough I am enough and I don't think that's something that comes from other people um and I I would say for believers for people believing God that uh, lean into God for that, for that sense, you know, Very you good. know, feel validated, feel his pleasure, feel him looking down on you, that kind of a thing. And knowing that you're not just one out of, you know, eight billion people, <laughs> <laughs> but you are one precious out of eight billion precious people. Wow. Um, and um, I guess for, for people who don't believe, um, I, I would still say that it's not an external thing. It's not something that comes from external affirmation. I would say you kind of need to journey on why are you on earth? Um, mm-hmm. and what's your purpose? And when you walk into a room, you have to know that that you are enough. Um, sure. um, and even then, I would also add but that there, there are also places that there's also space for humility. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not it's not being weak to admit that I am in a space of accomplished people. I am Mm. in a space with people who do things better than me or who have gone before me or in a, it's not weakness. It's not low self-esteem. And it shouldn't be recognized as that. So sometimes you really walk into a space and you're like, wow,
2: I am, am among giants. Exactly. And it's okay <laughs> and it's to great. recognize
0: that. It's not, it's actually important for you to be humble enough to go, I am among great people, great sure. individuals. Um, and uh, it's, it's okay to be here. And it's, you know, something to be celebrated to be among, among these people. Uh, but it's definitely not weakness or loss of esteem to just, you know, to admit that.
2: Beautifully put, really beautifully put
0: So we are
2: rapidly approaching our, our ending, our, so, our swan <laughs> song And um, the last section is a section called rapid fire
0: yeah. And I
2: just fire some questions at you And you answer the first quick answer that comes to your mind Are okay. you ready?
0: <gasps> I'm ready
2: <laughs> A song that gets you through the day Currently, it's Whole Heart by
0: Hilsom. A book that's changed the way you think about work. Uh, also currently, it's Quiet by Susan Kane, which I recommend that introverts read, actually. Good one. A
2: gadget or app that helps you work smarter. My phone. <laughs> <laughs> your advice to your younger self. Take God at His word. One thing you do to overcome distraction?
0: Following a routine. Three things that keep you centered? Uh, prayer and worship. I'm going to put those as one. Uh, being by myself because I'm an introvert and writing. How do you keep your soul in check? Um, for me it's the the conviction of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, and wise counsel, Um, so invited or not, (laughs) I just have some friends who like holding up the mirror to me, Um, and then um, one other thing I, I would emphasize a lot is interpreting feelings and emotions, so just not going, I'm angry, or like I'm tired, but kind of digging deep and going, why, like what's actually happening,
2: Your advice to younger working women?
0: Um, I would say make room in your lifestyle for intergenerational relationships. And your advice to senior women leaders? Uh, Shine bright like a star. The best thing you can do for us is to show us it's possible. Beautiful.
2: It's been such a privilege having you here today. I've had so much fun. Um, Are you happy for people to follow you, make contact with you, or where can they stay updated on your life and your work? That's such a tricky
0: question for an introvert, because you know
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's why I asked it broadly. I didn't actually say, can we follow you on social media? So can we follow your work? So you can say the organization you're affiliated to, and you're happy for us to go to that website.
0: <laughs> I am on Twitter barely, but I am at Rumbi Twits. I am also on Facebook, Rumbi Um And that's how you can get hold of me.
2: Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us here today on Hungry Woman Network. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you for tuning in today. And thank you to our sponsor, Audio Dacious, your audio content partner.
0: Give your brand a voice with Audio Dacious for podcasting, IVR, and audio content solutions. Check us out at audiodacious.com.
1: Please keep sending your questions to our WhatsApp line on plus two seven six zero nine two one six nine seven seven or post them on Hungry Woman at Work on Instagram. Also remember to subscribe to Hungry Woman at Work on iTunes, Iono FM, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen. Until next time, years to thriving at work without losing your soul, whatever season you're in.